Welcome to this week's episode of Class Crown with me, Chino Liao. Thank you for joining us on this very special episode because last week we talked about religion. And if you didn't listen to that episode, I suggest you do because it opened a lot of minds. It did open a lot of minds. And today I decided to open a little more minds, a little more. By talking about the sciences, I am actually a big fan of the sciences. I am a big fan of facts, as should everybody be. You should all be a fan of facts. What are you doing? Why are you believing fake news? Right? I'm also a big fan of other science podcasts like Bill Nye and Neil deGrasse Tyson. In fact, I asked them to be on this podcast and they didn't reply because they didn't know who I was. My, my messages probably ended up in spam or somewhere, right? But anyway, we did the next best thing, right? I sent out a cattle call, uh, the industry term of a cattle call, to anybody who wanted to be on the show. And I got such great responses from my guests today. I also got questions from a very curious, very smart 10-year-old boy named Fonzie. He is going to be asking, or I am going to be asking his questions for him because he has a bedtime and his mom is very strict and scary. And uh, his mom's not that scary. It's fine. Uh, but I get to ask the questions for this kid and we get some interesting, interesting answers on this episode care of our guests, Miss Roche Derilio, who is a astronomy hobbyist and budding data scientist. We also get information care of Dalton Baltazar, who is taking up her master's in geography and environmental sciences over in Birmingham, England. Oh my God, another international guest. Also, we have Mikael Francisco, who is the editor-in-chief for FlipScience.ph. Now, I should warn you guys, towards the end of the episode, my two guests cut up. For you to find out who they are, well, you just got to listen. Don't fast forward, please. Just listen to the whole thing. I promise you will learn something. Also, on this episode... Is Doc Ramon Kabuchan, and at the very least, you will laugh when Doc Ramon suddenly shouts in the middle of the episode. Right? Somewhere there. Just wait for it. It's very fun. Now, without further ado, let's take a deep breath and dive right into the sciences. Very, very interesting talks coming from our guests. Our first guest is the editor in chief of FlipScience.ph. Mr. Mikael Francisco is on the podcast. Hi, Mikael. Hi. Hi, everyone. And thank you for having me here. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for joining us. Our next guest, she is taking up her doctorate in geography and environmental sciences all the way in, in Birmingham, United Kingdom. Let's welcome Dalton Baltazar. To the podcast. Hello, Dalton. 
Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you very much, Chia, for inviting me. Thank you for agreeing with us. Uh, thank you. Alam kong malamig dyan sa... I know you're not in the UK. You already did that joke in the earlier errors of recording. But thank, okay. thank you, nonetheless, for saying yes to this uh, guest day. Huh? Right. Thank you. Thank you. And our final expert completing the panel of science people, science professionals, science this those the scientists thing so we can't really say that but she is also very good in her own field she used to be an astronomer by hobby and now she has moved on to data sciences so more science talk in your ear coming from this roch derilio hi roch hello chino hello everybody may every one of you have clear skies tonight Oh, wow, thank you. Can you even see stars in, in Manila still? Makakita pa ba tayo ng stars? Kasi parang tagal ko nang ginakakita ng stars. Well, karamihan kasi ng mga practicing astronomers, umaalis sila ng Metro Manila because of the terrible light pollution in the city. Pero um, siguro kung magkakaroon ng uh, blackout all over the place, super ganda ng skies. Makikita natin yung Milky Way and other dim stars. All right, so dapat di tayo magbayad ng Meralco bill. <laughs> Let's go for that. Yes. Oh, and we, we, of course, we also have another stand-up comedian here. Because that's always the role on Class Clown. And this time, that seat is filled by none other than my surrogate doctor, uh, Mr. Ramon Kabochan. Dr. Ramon, gamusta ka naman dyan? Hi, hi. Good evening, everybody. I'm fine, Chino. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you, Doc, for joining us. So, guys, and, and guys, uh, my first question is always, always starting from the beginning out of all my guests. How did you guys end up in the field of sciences? Let's start with Dalton. Um, oh, my God. So, um, it's a bit difficult because I don't, I, I'm not sure kung bakit ko talaga, um, naging field itong um, um, science. But I guess na-inspire ko ng mga um, teachers ko when I was in high school because they were very good in biology and chemistry and other general sciences. So um, I studied uh, biology at uh, UP Los Baños. And then after that, I took up my master's in environmental science. And then I took another master's in uh, global environmental studies in Japan, and then now wow. I'm currently picking up my PhD in geography and environmental sciences. So maybe um, another thing that inspired me are uh, the projects, na research projects that na became part of when I was um, at UPLB. So I met a lot of um, uh, professors from different universities, and I was involved in a number of researches that talagang nag-show sa akin ng environmental pollution in the Philippines. So I was inspired na maka-help kung paano ma-resolve yung mga environmental issues na yun. Right. So <laughs> were you always studious? Kasi I hear research and I'm already, I'm already falling asleep. So were you always like, like really studious when you were in school or did it just end up becoming something that you like? Um, Oh my God! Since I think since yung daddy ko before, um, he was very strict sa um sa sa way namin ng pag-aaral. So siguro na developing habit na mag-aaral ka talaga every night or 
every after lectures we read the lectures again so siguro naging um naging habit ko yung pag and then naging nagkaroon ako ng mga classmates na very bright so i was inspired by them so naging studio sa ko dahil sa kanila <laughs> all right okay so from somebody who's doing it professionally somewhat but ito okay Rush. Rush, you yes. are a sabihin natin for lack of a better term amateur astronomer diba yes yes is that appropriate mm-hmm. to say so yes, paano mo yes. nakahiligan yan like it's not a usual uh hobby to get into or a passion so how did it end up being uh your passion yeah um so actually when i was uh younger i was looking for an astronomy program na papasukan ko in college but there wasn't any at that time ngayon ang alam ko meron na sa ibang uh, universities but at that time na naghahanap ako wala so i couldn't really pursue uh, being a professional astronomer but during that time back in 90s and early 2000s amateur astronomy was really strong in uh, in the Philippines. So there are lots of uh, telescope making groups and different astronomy organizations that you could join at that time. So when I was a kid, uh, what really sparked my interest in astronomy was in 1995, uh, there was this total solar eclipse. I was in grade three back then. And then our science teacher set up a telescope. And then unfortunately, it was really cloudy. And we were sad that we didn't sa sun. But which turned out to be actually lucky. Because it wasn't safe to look. Uh, we didn't know back then. And our teacher didn't know back then. But later, we realized that we were lucky. Na it was clouded out at that time. Because pag tinutok mo yung telescope sa sun, it will magnify the light and the heat and mabuburn yung ice namin. But then later, I moved to the province and then experienced watching different comets. So it's a series of different um, astronomical events like started from the eclipse and the Hiyakotake and Hale-Bopp comets. And so, tuloy-tuloy yung mga astronomical events na na-witness ko noon. And sabi ko, uh, astronomy is really an interesting field and I wanted to learn more. So when I got to college, I joined an astronomy organization and doon na until it became a career, eventually a business, and different kinds of astronomy um, commitments that I helped serve before. Right. Okay. So, interesting na sinabi mo yung sa uh, total, total solar eclipse kasi, di ba, dati pinapagawa projects sa school yan, eh, di ba? Gumagawa kayo ng periscope or something para makita yung, yung eclipse, di ba? Or kailangan daw yes. through a pail yes. of water. Tama ba ako? Uh, yes, it was very popular, but uh, later I learned that hindi siya safe gamitin. That's why, um, you know, being part of that field and communicating with other people, um, I know na obligation din namin, responsibility din namin to teach people how to do it more carefully. Na iwasan natin yung mga kumakalat sa media na hindi safe na ways of looking at uh, the sun and eclipses. Hmm. All right, good to know. Uh, now, see Mikael, out of all three of you, I guess, he actually writes about science. Tama ba ako, Mikael? Yes, yes, that's right. Uh, so, so why such a specific field of journalism? Um, and why such an unorthodox field of journalism? Yeah, that's, that's actually, it's, it's actually interesting that, like, if I could talk to myself uh, from 10 years ago, and if I could tell myself that eventually, I would be writing about science. I probably would have left. I wouldn't have believed uh, future me because this is this is something I really wasn't expecting to do. Uh, as a young kid, I was into science, talaga. 
my favorite branch of science was and still is paleontology. Uh, I wanted to become one of those people who would dig up dinosaur bones. Oh, that's a Jurassic Park. Uh, yes. Sort of. Like Jurassic Park. Wait, what are you shouting? Sorry. 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 Sorry, as a young kid, my dream was to dig up uh, a unique dinosaur and name it after myself. Kaso I realized uh, as I as I grew older that not only was that dream like not possible here in the Philippines kasi walang dinosaurs sa Philippines for reasons that maybe we'll go into later but also uh, I you know I found that being uh, science inclined or being like quote unquote the smart kid not that I'm not that I'm saying I'm super smart but being the smart kid in a group in a social circle of people who don't really care about science tends to get you ostracized so uh, growing up i was i was bullied a bit uh for for you know not being so very sporty not being like being so into science and studying and stuff so as i was growing older i wanted to sort of parang rebrand like move away from what i used to love and going into college uh you know that that love for science was there but it was kind of just latent, parang dormant lang na nandun lang sa background. So when I graduated in uh, 2010 uh, and then went straight to the corporate world, I, I finished with a degree uh, in communication research, which is basically uh, mass com plus math. So stats... Oh, wait, wow, sobrang... Kasi ako mass com gets ko yan mass Yeah, marketing <laughs> Oh, kami lang ata yung course sa sa UP na may na sa Mascom na may math na or wow. heavy math. So ayun, uh so I, I got into uh I, I got a, a job uh I call it a colon cleaner. <laughs> my my first job I call it a, I was a colon cleaner because uh I worked for a an international uh firm that uh maintain uh keeps records of cases and US laws. And part of my job description is to check the data and to delete yung mga stray colons, semicolons, na hindi nagmamatch sa... Oh, okay, okay. Video. So when people okay. would ask me kung ano trabaho, I'd say, oh, I'm a colon cleaner. I said, be like, what? <laughs> and then I would explain why. Akala ko naman. Talagang cleaning colons, eh, no? Yeah, akala ko talaga, when you said colon cleaner, you took care of people's dirty shit. <laughs> well, yeah. I, it was my way of trying to make what I felt was a boring job feel yeah. interesting, at least to myself. So Okay, wow. Okay, so all... Wait, sorry. Let me just stay on this point for a bit. Yeah, uh, sure. All day, what you would do is basically proofread documents. Yes. Wow. <laughs> yes. Proofread yung mga laws ng mga states, yung mga case records. Make sure that they're in the, the electronic database of that company. And yeah, just make sure that they match. So it was, it was, you know, it, it paid the bills, but it wasn't really like, ah, shit, I have a purpose in life. It wasn't that kind of thing. 
So for yeah, for for about two years I did that. Uh, but my passion was always in writing. Then uh, I, I I used to write like uh, mini movie reviews lang. Uh, post them on Facebook, ganyan. Tutuwa naman mga friends ko, mga sampu, magla-like, ganyan. Mga, ano, may mga mag-comment. So, ayun, and I, I, I eventually got to uh, write for a, a local pop culture site. Uh, I was I was writing about comics because I'm a, I'm a huge fan of comics and superhero comics, and I like thinking about the science behind superheroes. Uh, but uh, this was, this, this job, this next job, which didn't really pay me anything, but was sort of like a passion project for me, it helped me hone my writing skills. Uh, but my big break uh, when it comes to science writing really came in 2013, when GMA News Online was looking for a writer, an actual paid writer, <laughs> to write for their newly established geeks and gaming section. So wait, I applied. Wait. Sorry, GMA. GMA has a Geeks and Gaming section. This is the first yes, time I'm hearing of this. Yes, Geeks and Gaming under the Science and Technology section. They had a SciTech section too. Okay. So, yun. Um, I applied. I applied for the position because a friend who was writing for GMA News Online uh, sort of referred me. I got in. Uh, the editor uh, The editor of this, the, the, uh, the section, uh, TJ Dimakali, uh, respected science communicator himself uh, got me and said, "Okay, uh, you'll be our geek writer, but also you'll be writing science topics." And I was like, "Well, I I I, I like science. I I am still interested in science. It's something that you know I kind of just hid for a long time, but this is great." So I got the chance to you know write the movie reviews, write about comics news, but also write a bit about science. And then as the months passed, I found myself kind of gravitating towards writing more and more about science and at the same time realizing that the Philippines has a, had, well, arguably still has, a major psychom problem, which is not enough people are doing psychom and not enough are doing it the right way. And so, uh, so some years passed, I still continued to write about science. I got to, to meet a lot of scientists and, you know, Sobrang nag-broaden yung knowledge ko about science because I have no background in science. I'm not uh, formally trained in science. Neither am I formally trained in journalism. Everything I've been doing since 2013 onwards has been the result of me reading, uh, writing, experiencing, and learning from my own mistakes. And then when 2017 came, uh, it reached a point where I realized, okay, there are a lot of things I want to write about. I want to shine the spotlight on science in the Philippines, but I need to be able to do it on my own terms. So I took a step back from writing for GMA News, and I started my own website, which is flipscience.ph. And, you know, uh, at 700 plus articles uh, and a few collabs and a few uh, awards later, here I am now, uh, a guest here on your podcast. <laughs> wow. wow. Okay, so let's break it down bit per bit. Let's Sorry. <laughs> okay, lang. okay lang yan. It's good. It makes for more podcasts. Um, but what I want to get at is you've mentioned, and this is open to all three of you, so feel free to answer. You, Mikael mentioned that he got into science because he was interested in science fiction, right? in comics, in movies, yes. etc. 
Now, does that hold true for the rest of you, Roch and Dalton? Anybody can answer. Go, Roch. <laughs> okay, I'll go first. Okay. Um, okay. Um, when I was young, it was um, late 80s, early 90s. I also grew up with science fiction, but I my interest is more of those shows um books uh, discussing outer space. So, nung bata ako, mas preference ko na yung mga science fiction related more than the robotic mecha ones. So, probably right. that's what oh. steered my interest towards astronomy when it comes to sciences. Right. right. Uh, Belt on yourself. All right. In my case, I can I can't remember nung mga elementary days if I'm if I was interested in science but definitely when I was in high school as I mentioned earlier you my teachers could they were very very good at uh, teaching biology and other general sciences subjects so um spark ng um, interest ko doon sa, to dig into um, science and um, kaya ko BS biology siguro na, ano, na, na undergrad course all right. Right. Okay. Uh, so, nasat na distinguish natin yung individual starts nyo dito sa field na to. Now, uh, what I want to ask is, um, is it difficult to get started in your respective fields? Like, for yourself, Raj, let's start with Raj. Is it difficult to mm -hmm. start a astronomy business? Uh, anong ta mobile planetarium? Tama ba ako? Yeah. Yes, Is yes. I also uh, went to that. Um, for me, uh, starting in astronomy itself, the field itself, since hindi siya ganun kakilala dito sa Pilipinas, other than learn about uh, amateur organization, mahihirapan ka. But once you got into these organizations, these people, they are very supportive. They have a variety of hobbies and it's easy to get support from them so when i started my uh, astronomy business uh, i called it uh, pixis astronomy we started uh, providing stargazing and astronomy camps eventually we expanded to introducing the mobile planetarium industry in the philippines so while we're doing that we people that can outsource for lectures for equipment for other materials and it was really fun working with a big community of people who are into uh, uh, same interests as the, the one that you have. So it was fun, but I wouldn't say that it's not without any challenges or difficulty, but definitely they're all memorable and fun for me. I learned a lot in the process. Wow. Okay. So you guys started the mobile observatory business in the Philippines. Planetarium. Sorry. When I was also in grade school, may mga dumadating na, na planetarium people. And syempre kami, tumuntua kami kasi di namin kaya makinig sa teacher. But then, it, <laughs> myself, I also found it interesting because as a child, I also was interested in the sciences. And then when the math part came in, then I don't want to know it. Growing up, this has been actually one of my things that I want to talk to. So, when you try and educate uh, little kids does it get the you, was that part of your responsibilities definitely because um nakaka-relate ako sa 
excuse me, Mikael, because I'm doing this astronomy business. I'm also working in a way, not just an educator, but also science educator. And I feel na responsibility namin ito to keep science more lively and interesting and it could it should be able to augment or add to whatever they're currently learning inside the four walls of their classroom because you know classroom lessons can get sometimes really boring and if i bring you inside this mobile planetarium where even if it's daytime or even if it's raining you can just look up and see simulations of stars meteor showers moon and and other things you can see in space it really gives you this this feeling that hey there's so much out there in the world na hindi natin tinitingnan that we can only see if we can just stop with whatever we're doing and look up and appreciate what's above there all right so we've been hearing this term science communicator for quite some time now um and i want to know exactly what it is kasi ngayon tuloy na rin eh. what exactly is a science communicator uh, maybe simkael can answer all right so i think the simplest way i can put it is a science communicator is someone who takes science uh understand someone who understands science takes it and simplifies it for the general audience more or less it's it's making science accessible and to, to everyone in a way that everyone can appreciate right okay so basically a science communicator is not just a journalist yes a, a science journalist is one type of science communicator oh. But a science communicator can be a podcaster, can be uh, an Instagram star, pwedeng ang nagti-TikTok eh. Pero kung yeah, how uh, can you yung science through TikTok, psycho yun. Right. Okay. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, si Dalton was saying something? Dalton? Yeah, kasi um, usually isa sa mga issues palaking sinasabi for researchers and like professors or people doing research is that they um, conduct the research but then they would not um, communicate the results of the research. So, um, na, um, parang nasa stuck lang yung, um, yung uh, mga findings, pero hindi na i-apply sa isang community or sa isang city, say, for example. So, um, usually, um, ang sinasuggest ay um, parang going simplify yung pag, um, pag uh, deliver nung findings doon sa yung mga stakeholders para may apply nila yung nakuha mong mga findings. So, very, very important um, yung isang researcher din ay maging isa ka ding um, communicator ng science para ma-input into practice mo yung nakuha mong mga results. Right. So, basically, para siyang, ano, um, para malaman mo lang or malaman lang ng tao na hindi lahat tayo scientists. So, para makaintindi. <laughs> Para yeah. level tayo lahat at makaintindi yeah, tayo. Na, um, yeah, yeah. Parang yeah, uh, you have to acknowledge na um, yung mga jargons uh, will not be interesting para sa mga tao and hindi nila maiintindihan yung mga jargons na yun sa field mo. So you have to simplify uh, these terms uh, para i-acquire nila. Gano, para ma-absorb, para ma- pa- maintindihan nila. Okay, perfect. Okay, no, thank you for explaining that. Because when I first encountered that there was such classification, like I didn't, under, I didn't know that there was a sort of middleman from doing the science to giving the results to people. 
Kala ko talaga instantaneous na yun lahat eh. Pero then I realized, di pala tayo lahat scientists. That's only you guys. Or in this case, si Dalton lang. Um, but thank, thank you for explaining that to me. Now, okay, we move on to uh, the part of the podcast where it, I talk to a 10-year-old kid. Um, this 10-year-old boy is a very insightful boy named Fonzie. And he has a bunch of science questions here that are mostly of the astronomy background. But I'm pretty sure with between the intelligence of all three of you, so, with that said, I'm going to ask you some questions that a little boy wants to know. Uh, so, and his first question is Are white holes real? Anybody can answer. Are white holes real? <laughs> Oh. Ah, sige, I'll try answering yeah, that. Yeah, um, kasi, kasi, <laughs> ayan. Hindi, kasi, uh, nagbibigay kami ng lectures to school friends. Meron talaga kaming section allotted for the students to um, get heard. And so, uh, they can ask questions to us. Um, just a few of them. And it's one of the questions na naririnig namin other than the popular questions about black holes and aliens. White hole. So, ano nga ba yung hole. So, uh, meron tayong concept ng black hole and ang sinasabi natin um, in the simplest way to explain it is that black hole has a gravity that is strong enough that not even light escape it. Not any amount of energy can escape it. Lahat yun papasok doon. Now, ang white hole naman ay opposite black hole. So, the white hole is um, is this part of the universe where doon lalabas. Lahat ng, uh, uh, doon mo receive lahat ng different uh, wavelengths of electromagnetic energy. Now, wala pa tayong um, nakikitang um, uh, observation na may nag-exist na white hole sa ating universe. So, yung mga nakikita, pal- kasi uh, limited tayo unang-una ng uh, technology natin. And right now, ang mga nakikitaan pa lang natin ng proof ay yung mga malalayong galaxy black holes are proven to be real na. But white holes, wala pa tayong nakikitang any observation that they exist. But definitely, a lot of people are interested in it and they're looking at it. Wow. Alright. Alright. Doc, anong mo sa sabi mo sa sagot niya? May naiintindihan ka ba? <laughs> Kasi ako wala. Uh, Again, tanong ng bata ito. White holes, doon lumalabas yung ano, di ba? Sabi ni Rosh. Uh, yung ano, Doc? Anything from other dimensions, siguro? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> wow, all right. So, <laughs> so, hindi ko nga na-gets me- masyado what comes out. <laughs> this 10-year-old uh, oh, boy is showing us all. Yeah. <laughs> alam ko lang, alam ko lang blackhead saka whitehead. Eh, so. <laughs> Yan <Yeah>, alam ko <laughs> lang. Okay po yan, malapit lang po kasi sa mukha natin yun. <laughs> right, right, alright. Okay, now another question coming from the same 10-year-old. What is the most habitable planet aside from Earth? And meron ba nito? Uh, anybody can answer again? Uh, uh, I'd like to give it a try. Yeah, go ahead. 
So, pero, ayan, disclaimer, I'm not a scientist. I think si Ms. Rush can, can give a better explanation than I can. But I can touch lightly on the concept of what makes, you know, a planet habitable uh, in, in general terms relative to how we understand life on Earth. Uh, tayong mga nabubuhay dito sa Earth, uh, we are uh, carbon-based life forms. Ibig sabihin nun, uh, we are made up of certain components and our understanding of those components is related to what we perceive makes life possible. So kapag naghahanap tayo ng, when, when we talk about life, normally yun yung unang-unang pumapasok sa isip natin. Uh, so when, so di ba sa popular culture may mga alien, may mga ano, we, we tend to envision life as mga mga alien na kamuka natin, kahawig natin, siguro nag-evolve kapareho natin. But our understanding of life is actually quite limited because the, the the universe is so wide and we're you know we understand we we have a, a basic understanding of life on earth the conditions that make life possible but we haven't really looked into the entirety of the universe which is not possible at this point so maraming possibleng uh, explanation for uh, for life elsewhere na pwedeng hindi pa natin alam o hindi pa natin naiintindihan sa ngayon so when we look at planets that are habitable, we tend to look for Earth-like planets or yung pinaka-kasize natin or na-detect natin na may tubig sa kanila or it has certain elements or components that make life possible na ka-mirror or ka-parallel ng Earth natin. So when we when we look for uh, planets na habitable, usually yun yung mga criteria na hinahanap natin. So kung meron ba na planets na habitable, it's possible. We have seen, uh, we have observed a number of planets that are similar to Earth or similar enough perhaps in size, uh, perhaps in predicted uh, elements or components, pero to verify, to say for sure na may buhay doon, hindi pa natin nagagawa. And I want to transition into a recent uh, news item. Actually, yeah. parang... No, no, okay, no, yes. No, no, Sorry, yeah. okay, Mikael, go ahead. Kasi, wait lang, sorry. Can I just say that this was also a question that I wanted to ask since nandito na din tayo sa point na to, are aliens <laughs> a possibility? And if so, kumakain din ba sila ng paniki? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anybody can answer this question? Oh my God. So, I'll try to keep it a bit short. I, I want to talk about two things. Uh, First, I want to backtrack a little bit to 2018, bago yung bagong news. So in 2018, kung tama yung pagkaalala ko sa year, there was a an unidentified object moving from outside the solar system. It entered the solar system and continued to move out. Imagine an object that is cigar-shaped but is about 100 feet long. So pahaba siya. It was called uwomwamwa. Uh, it's a Hawaiian word, and scientists actually wrote a paper on it talking about what it could be. Because it was so mysterious, eh? Like, was it, an, was it an, an asteroid? Was it a comet? Was it a spacecraft? Okay, that last part, uh, dun sa paper na yun, basically, ang naging conclusion nila, kasi hindi na nila mapag-aralan yung uwamuamua, kasi nakalabas na siya ng solar system. This long cigar-shaped thing, uh, it, 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 it passed through the solar system, pumasok siya, and then lumabas siya. And yung data na nag-gather during that time, na, na, na it was close enough for us to study, pinag-aralan nila na isang taon. 
So ang conclusion nila, uh, we don't know what it is. We still don't have enough evidence for what it is. They have some, they had some theories, and at the end of the, the, the paper, they actually jokingly said, na for all we know, or I'm paraphrasing, pero for all we know, it could be an alien satellite, or it could be an alien spaceship. Kasi just to illustrate na sobrang konti yung alam natin about that, uh, that object. This was picked up by a lot of uh, media outlets. So ang daming mga science website na, or general news website, na syempre, ang hook ay Ah, did we did we actually discover an alien probe? Was that actually an alien spaceship? So yung narrative nung study na yon, na siya sa scientists detected a possible spaceship parang ganon. Oh, okay. Which is which is just if you look at how how they came to that conclusion, medyo malayo na siya. Kasi parang sinasabi lang ng scientists na based on the data available at the time, we don't know what it is. Sa sobrang konting ng alam natin tungkol sa kanya, it could be an alien probe for all we know. So what what I did there was I actually wrote about it on Flip Science. I interviewed some Pinoy astronomy enthusiasts, uh, a physicist, si Dr. Reina Reyes, uh, an astronomy enthusiast, si Rodion Herrera, and si Sir TJ, my former editor. And yeah, we had a nice discussion about it. Uh, and yeah, na parang without discounting the fact that it could be, you know, we don't know, it could be an alien probe. It might not be. But the point is to never stop asking questions. So I wanted to, I just wanted to mention that naalala ko lang yun uh, because of that question. And then yung second thing that I wanted to address was uh, yung recent news na medyo na-spin din sa mga headlines na parang, ang, ang, like, ang, pinaka, ang pinaka nakita kong malala ay ano eh, parang uh, scientists found uh, possible traces of life on Venus or something. Parang ganun yung pagkaka-frame. Diba? I think ganun yung pagkaka-angle dun sa ibang mga articles. Um, yeah. What really happened was, okay, there's this compound called phosphine that uh, produced by certain organisms here on Earth through processes that we still do not completely understand. Like, we have an understanding of how phosphine uh, is produced, pero we don't know, we, hindi pa natin like 100% na seal kung bakit siya nangyayari. So, uh, in in simplest terms, it's 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 a possible biomarker, meaning kung nag-exist ito, itong compound na ito, sa isang lugar or sa isang atmosphere o sa isang lupain, posibleng dahil sa sa buhay. Um, it's it's important to note that uh, Jupiter also has phosphine in its atmosphere. Pero yung phosphine, yung compound na yun na nasa atmosphere niya, there are ways to explain it. Um, kumbaga, may, may, may dahilan kung bakit may phosphine doon sa atmosphere ng Jupiter. Now, going to Venus, uh, when they detected uh, phosphine there, which is actually a story in itself na, na mas mahaba at mas interesting how they decided to to choose na phosphine ang hanapin nila doon. Uh, they wrote a paper on it and then they said na based on what they know, what we know about Venus, Phosphine uh, was detected there, and it's possible that it was there through either biotic, uh, gawa ng buhay, or abiotic, na nabuo siya ng walang buhay. And to be, for, to be sure, kung may buhay nga doon, we need to study Venus some more. We need to send uh, probes to Venus. We need to conduct research and gather data sa Venus. So, yun, uh, the very long answer to the question of whether may habitable planets or may life on other planets is, it is possible. And 
for as long as may scientists na nag-aaral at may nagtatanong, I think uh, we, while we might not come up with the answer anytime soon, it will lead to more interesting questions. Right. So basically, mm-hmm. yon, yung sinabi niya. <laughs> so um, if if I may add to what Mikael has said, go ahead, Rose, um, Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah. So the recent news about the phosphine gas that was discovered in the atmosphere of Venus um is just a prime example of how people are looking for life, signs of life outside our home planet, which is the Earth. So. Uh, to give us another analogy, and I hope it's good. For example, uh, may isang tao na hindi pa nakakakita ng, ng chair. At inutusan mo siya, pakihanap nga ng chair sa loob ng room na to. At magtatanong siya, paano ko malalaman na chair yun? Um, paano ko malalaman kung chair na yung kukunin ko? So, you have to describe to him kung ano yung itsura ng chair. Pwede magpakita ka sa kanya ng example. So, parang in that way, parang paano tayo makakahanap ng life outside of Earth? So, gagamitin natin yung knowledge natin kung ano yung pagkakaintindi natin ng existing life dito sa Earth. We know that life here on Earth is very diverse. There are so many forms. Pero, yun kasi yung pagkakakilala natin, yun yung definition natin kung ano yung buhay. And yun yung signs and markers na hahanapin natin when we're looking at different planets, different rocks in the solar system, outside of our planet, or even in other star systems. So, that's why naging uh, exciting for scientists to find the phosphine gas in Venus. Because um, it's very... Um, uh, very unlikely na magkakaroon ng presence of phosphine gas in rocky planets such as Earth, Venus, and uh, Mercury and Mars. But here on Earth kasi, it can be explained by, um, it is produced by uh, anaerobic uh, microorganisms. So in Venus, having an extreme temperature, uh, we're not sure what kind of, if there are or if there are no microorganisms there, it's really exciting to find traces of phosphine gas. And iniisip natin na, naku, um, since it, uh, it's hard to explain na magkakaroon ng phosphine gas sa ganoong characteristics ng planet na yon baka naman, you know, there are hopes in our heart na baka naman merong signs of life na doon. But of course, as scientists, they cannot rule out the fact na posibleng may ibang processes na hindi pa natin accounted for that can explain the presence of those traces of phosphine gas in the atmosphere of Venus. Pero another thing to add to that, um, there's this... Um, I used to be part of uh, NASA JPL Saturn Observation Campaign. And one of the things na pinopromote namin noon um, was uh, yung mga data na nakuha ng Cassini-Huygens uh, space mission nung nice. nag-flyby siya sa Saturn. And uh, pumunta, na naghulog siya nung Huygens part ng probe. Uh, yung Huygens probe, hinulog niya to the largest satellite of Saturn, which is Titan. What's interesting about Titan is that it's too far away from the sun. So therefore, yung water, which definitely supports life here on Earth, is already frozen there. Hindi na siya usable the way mm-hmm. we can use it here. But interestingly, in Titan, they have different phases of methane in, in Titan. Unlike here on Earth, Methane naturally exists as a gas because of the temperature and conditions dito. But in Titan, they have rain, they have rivers, they have clouds made of methane. So if here on Earth, meron tayong water cycle, in Titan, they have there the methane cycle. What if pero on doong life, which is not based on water, but based on methane? So it's an interesting part na hindi pa natin masisiguro dahil sanay tayo sa water-based life. But what if? What if there are organisms there which are based on methane and are existing there, living their own lives as, as a possibility in the satellite of Titan? So it's really, really interesting to explore these things. 
So, amoy utot sila. Yun yung... <laughs> yun yung amoy, amoy utot sila. Pag sinugod tayo ng area na yun, wala tayong nakapa. Uh-oh. Alam na natin kung galing sila sa Titan. Naamin niya natin sila malayo pa. Yes. Pwede pa sabihin ang alien yun galing sa Titan. Before we continue on with the rest of this episode, let's take a little breather, shall we? Because if you're anything like me, you need a breather from class. And I've got the perfect recess for you in the form of the new shows on Podcast Network Asia. Starting off with our friend, Mr. Migs Bustos, who tells us everything and anything else in between behind the scenes of your favorite sports personalities and athletes. He takes a closer look into the busy lives of the Filipino athlete as they talk about the nitty-gritty and pretty of sports in the country that's on his show off the record with Migs Bustos. And finally, our second show comes to us from a very good friend and Jam Alas. I'm sorry. <laughs> She will hate that I said that. But the show is called Local Locas and they talk about everything and anything in between. Talk about Captain America. Evil demon clowns. Oh, alien conspiracies. Come on in and join the fun. Listen to girls Jam and Damsky talk about anything and everything else under the sun. Like I said, only on Local Locus PH, your quirky pop culture podcast. So please do yourself a favor and check out these shows and all the other shows on Podcast Network Asia. Now, take a brief, take a deep breath, guys. Ready? Let's jump right back in to the science talk with my guests, Dalton Baltazar, Miguel Francisco, and Roch Derilio, only here on Class Cloud. So, question to field mo. Um, dahil nag-aaral ka about geography, which is, uh, tama ba geography, di ba? Which is a study of essentially, right? Yeah, study yeah. of places and um, interactions ng humans and yeah, right? general and, environment, yes. And nag-aaral ka din environmental sciences, right? So, mm-hmm. ang pwede is, what are your thoughts on flat earthers? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yung mga tao nagsasabing, the earth is flat. Diba? Anong, anong, oh my God. Siguro, um, um, siguro hindi magaling yung teachers nila nung nag-aaral sila ng geography. <laughs> so, uh, um, yan. So, isang case yan, I think, na um, um, ang tawag ito, hindi sila na-expose sa mga ano good science communicators. Kasi, <laughs> um, naniwala sila dun sa mga um, Um, sa mga, ano ba tawag yun? Sa mga uh, maling information na nakikita nila from um, the web or kung saan man na mga um, write-ups. Ganun. So, yeah, I think yun yun, yun yung possible reason. Or actually, madaming possible reasons kasi ngayon, like now, um, bukod doon sa, kasi I'm studying, uh, so, 
ang research ko ngayon is about social cultural valuation so i'm also studying about values yung values ng mga tao and how it uh, influences yung kanilang um, beliefs so there's there could be a lot of uh, possible reasons kung bakit naniwala sila doon pwedeng acceptance as young group or gusto nila mag-deviate from um yung usual na mga beliefs ng tao and um kasama na rin yung um pinaniwalaan nila mga misinformation sa Facebook or sa iba pang uh, media sources ng media <laughs> yeah wow okay uh, so <laughs> Okay, that's interesting because now it it goes down to values. Because now we're in this crazy pandemic, right? Where people think it was started because of a difference in culture. But I was reading something not too long ago that said it was also uh, the effect of the environment on 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 global change and global warming. So as a an environmental scientist, um, do you agree with this statement? or hindi, not necessarily, ano ba yung madadagdag mo dito sa opinion na to? Yeah, definitely it's possible, no? especially kung um nila na um, yung virus or kahit pa anong disease ay napapasak um, um, through different um, um, species ng animals. no. So kasi say for example, uh, if you have deforestation um, in a place, so nade-destroy yung habitats ng mga um, animals niyon, so they would look for new habitats or mapipilitan silang uh, pumunta dun sa mga uh, populated cities and so mag-interact sila with other organisms and other species of animals. And so the, possible talaga na dahil dun, mailipat sa mga tao, especially kung uh, and doing at kung possible talaga um na mailipat sa tao yung uh, uh, sa yeah, sa ibang species yung virus so possible talaga siya um um especially kapag nagkaroon ng um environmental degradation sa isang area na na napupush talaga yung mga um ibang species na mapalapit sa atin and um mapasa sa atin yung mga diseases na before sila lang yung meron ganun interesting uh, what about the others? Do you want to add anything to what Dalton said? Uh, may I? Yeah. Yes, yeah, go ahead. Uh, okay. Lang. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to add to what Dalton said. Because the thing is, the thing the thing is, the thing is, the thing is, the thing the zoonotic uh, diseases, these are, these are diseases that would have been, if I if I can be a bit blunt, they would have stayed where they were if we were if we if humans kind of just left them alone, mm-hmm. parang ganon. Kasi tama yun yung sa habitat. Yun, yun talaga yung ano, It's not even a question of yung kinain yung like it's it's, it's we 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 are uh, using the idea na yung minsan ako makalat na yung siginong sinigang balik kaya nagsimula ng COVID. Uh, <laughs> And admittedly, pag nakita mo yun, because it's so absurd, it's funny. It's not, it's not yeah. automatically being racist or something. It's just yung yung visual and yung yung punchline na ginawa kasi sinigang yung anti-ayan talagang, di ba? It's it's it's, it's such an absurd idea. But if you really drill down to the what could have caused it, it really is uh, a case of human beings sort of like overstepping what our boundaries should be, and then circling back. Sorry, ang haba. Circling oh, back yeah. to 
um, yung flat earthers, I just wanted to add, ang ganda rin yung pagkaka-explain na, yun na, na actually, ang galing nilang dalawa, ang galing Dalton siya ni Roche. I'm learning, I'm learning a lot from being here. And I'm We're also learning happy. a lot from you. Yes. Mikael, para sa ito talaga itong episode na to eh. I feel so talaga si ano. Pasalamat ako sa Baby Grass. At busy siya ngayon. Ikaw ang itong ghost ng background. Welcome back to the show. Yes, this is really an interesting talk because like I said at the, before we hit record, I really wanted to get into all these things. So what I'm trying to do here is during this time, I'm trying to educate myself on certain things. And the episodes about uh, photography, culinary arts, design, etc., etc. But I've never had anything from the sciences. So you guys are really filling me in on a lot of these topics. Now, at that being said, um, sa field, sa mundo na to, hindi natin may iiwasan. Nabi mga misconceptions talaga tayo about what we do. For example, myself and Dr. Bon, we're both stand-up comedians. Doc, are you still there, Doc? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Si Dr. Bon, ikaw, Doc, diba, as a stand-up comedian, may na-encounter ka na bang misconception? Sa... Science in terms oh, of the science. Oh, this is the science. This yung style ko ng comedy yung ah uh, kasi yung iba naniniwala sila dun sa ano yung ah uh, uh, get a laugh by saying ah uh, ano password kanyan oh. uh, uh, ako medyo nag nag figure away ako from that style eh. so yun oh. kanya-kanyang style yata eh. so kung yun ang paniwala nila okay lang yeah. Right. Okay. So, kayo guys, bringing it back to the topic, may mga na-encounter ba kayong misconceptions about your industries? Let's start with Dalton this time. Yeah. So, um, usually, kapag sinabing scientist, so, in-imagine nila nasa laboratory ka palagi, you're not in the field, talking to people, tapos rigid ka, uh, gusto mo lagi scientific method, ang gamitin, so, laging um, from step step one, step two, step three lagi, hindi pwede mag-jump uh, to step five agad. So, yun, yun yung mga usual na misconceptions. Kasi, say, for example, yung field ko is environmental science, no? So, um, kailangan mo talagang makipag-usap sa mga tao, especially um, kapag you're dealing with environmental issues na ang nagsasuffer ay yung mga tao. So, you have to be in the field talk to them and combine it with uh, your results sa laboratory at yung mga nababasa mo from other studies. So, hindi laging ikaw ay nasa lab lang. And then, another thing is yung nga, rigid ka. O kaya, gusto mo laging step by step. So, hindi din ganun. Kasi in the real world, when you're doing research, kailangan mong bumalik, uh, bumalik sa step 5, tapos mag-jump ka ulit step 1 kasi may nagkamali ka. So, ganun yung hindi siya um, laging... Uh, sunod-sunod na step. So, hindi usually rigid 
at serious lagi mga scientists no kagaya ko i try to enjoy um at saka makipag-interact talaga dun sa community or dun sa city kung saan ko ginagawa yung study ko kasi um I think isang importante sa mga researches now ay i-contextualize lahat ng study. Kasi yun pa, isa sa mga uh, misconceptions din ay um, laging, um, laging nag-generalize yung mga scientists. Kasi uh, dahil limited yung funds and limited yung um, time, so kukuha sila ng sample and then i-generalize lahat yung sa, sa buong city or sa buong mundo yung results. No? So, Um, hindi din ganon. I mean, um, um, dapat i-contextualize mo din yung uh, results mo dun sa specific um, area mo kasi um, in, never, um, maliit yung chance, no? Just, just a very, very small chance na magiging same lahat ng conditions para mag-occur yung same results when you're doing experiments. Ganon. Interesting. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, kasi ako, hindi ko naman, wala akong I guess one of the things that helped me back from actually excelling and not excelling again is is the is the fact that wala wala patience for these things and wala discipline and foresight for the scientific process and so I guess after a while it just is it just fell out of the way for me so the way you explained it is actually very helpful now for uh, Mikael and Roch are there any mm-hmm. misconceptions that you've encountered? Start with Raj. Uh, sure. Thanks, Chino. Uh, before I answer that, I just want to compliment my two other co-guests because Dalton, even if you're deep into the academe and research and doing hard sciences, you, you sound like a fun person, and I think you're a fun person. And as a science, as a scientist, you have to keep that because, alam mo yon, karamihan ng scientists kasi they, they go deep into their studies and misa nakakalimutan nila yung other fun part of life and their personality, and you you have to make it bloom. And also to Mikael, as a science journalist, you're not only smart, but you're also very, very, very curious, which is a really, really important part of being a science communicator. And I just admire those things about the two of you. Now to answer the question, uh, yeah, um, sa astronomy, and dami talagang um, misconceptions because astronomy is kind of a detached, mysterious kind of science. Unlike physics, chemistry, biology, meron kang example na makukuha dyan sa tabi mo, may mapupulot ka, even sarili mo pwede mong example. But astronomy, it's something that is far out there. Sa labas pa ng atmosphere natin, ibang planeta, alien, that's why it's always, ano, um, Uh, wrapped up in mystery and which is also attractive for a lot of people now one of the uh, I think uh, one of the things that are uh, pinaka-affected siguro ako na klase ng misconception is about telescopes because we know that telescopes are very important tools in learning about what's going on outside our planet but ang dami kasi nating um, parang na no-over-romanticize or parang no uh, parang no overpower yung ano uh, yung yung power yung totoong power ng telescope like for example sasabihin ng isang gustong sumilip sa telescope ano yung pinakamalayong kaya niyang maabot or pinakamalayong kaya niyang makita well actually sir um there are things which are on a different galaxy which are a lot brighter than some things which are just in the solar system but a lot dimmer so we can't really like measure kung ano yung pinakamalayong nakikita but it's more of ang totoong power ng telescope ay na measure sa kung ano yung dimmest thing na kaya mong makita na 
kaya mong aralin with the telescope. Another thing then na uh, misconception is the bigger, the more expensive telescope with all the bells and whistles, mas marami siyang kayang gawin. Better telescope siya kesa sa isang portable na maliit na telescope. Well, it depends on your need as an astronomer kasi yung ibang astronomer, kailangan talaga nila ng malalaking telescope if they're working from an observatory. But if you're an amateur astronomer, just want to spend a star stargazing on a weekend outside of the city, ang hirap na magdala ka ng isang malaking tubo. So, mas magandang magdala ka na lang ng isang portable telescope and enjoy it in, in your own personal way. So, um, Madaming uh, madaming questions, madami kailang ipaliwanag doon pa lang sa pinaka-tool na ginagamit sa pag-aaral ng astronomy. Right. Thank you, Rush. Thank you for that explaining all the different telescopes. May may kaming telescope dito sa bahay. It's my uncle's. Cool. Mm. And, what's what's the make? Uh, hindi ko alam actually. Hindi ko alam. It, it, all I know is that it has more wires than I expected a telescope to have. So, medyo ano siya. Medyo, hindi siya kala ko kasi ang telescope yung simpleng tubo lang siya na may parang glass relent sa dulo, di ba? But then he yeah. got this high-end one to do star stargazing dun sa bahay namin sa Patangas. Right? Cool. Patangas has really good skies. Right, exactly. And one day when we were doing this, um, kala niya nakakita siya ng shooting star at bulilakaw. Sabi ko, wow, cool. And then when I looked at it, Sorry. So can I say that when you were talking about that that inter intergalactic object, baka madumi lang yung lente ng telescope Pwede rin possible din. Pero alam mo, Chino, going back to your uncle's telescope, what will make it better is that kapag ginagamit mo yung telescope, mas nakikilala mo siya, and it actually becomes a better telescope than any other telescope with other features. Kasi right. sa akin, I, I was able to use different kinds of telescope, and yung pinaka-paborito kong telescope is just a tiny portable one. Mahal na mahal ko siya over any other telescope that I was able to use in the past kasi siya yung pinaka-ginamit ko. And there's mm -hmm. this attachment and trust on this device na ang dami mong nalaman and natutunan mula sa kanya. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Like in other, in all aspects, the money, the value, the complete time stuff, and champagne, the sentimental value. Is that what you were trying to get at? Tamabako. Ah, partly sentimental value, but partly the familiarity with the equipment. Right. Okay. Thanks for that. Uh, Dalton, did you want to add anything? Ah, no, no, no. I was just agreeing to Ross. All right. Okay, so let's finally with Mikael. Okay. Uh, sa, sa, sa the, the whole time I've been writing about science, there are two common misconceptions ako napansin about uh, science communication. The uh, first is that you have to be a science expert to write about science, which is not true. Like I've said, I don't have background in science. I just, you know, in fact, I think that my my lack of a background in science is one of my advantages as a writer because I know exactly what I want to ask because I know what the lay person, the average uh, audience member, doesn't know. Alam ko na ito yung hindi ko rin alam. So yun yung itatanong ko at yun yung uh, iimbestigahan ko because uh, I, I look at science communication as something really exciting because I, I feel that it's kind of like detective work. Like you start with some mystery, you start with something you don't know about, something you can't explain. And then you do the motions of looking for evidence, always evidence-based. 
and so just kind of putting that story together and then turning it into an entertaining uh, read or an entertaining video, an entertaining infographic that the general audience can appreciate. So yun yung una. Yung pangalawa is that uh, a lot of people seem to think that uh, when you write about science and when you write something that doesn't agree with their viewpoint, meron kang agenda or bayaran ka or meron kang pinakago. Naalala ko nung uh, I wrote an article uh, debunking some few myths, uh, inventor myths, one of the most, perhaps the most pervasive uh, long-standing myth is that si Agapito Flores ang nag-invento ng fluorescent lamp, which is just not true. I, I looked into the, the patent, I looked into the history, into whether there is actually a person called Agapito Flores na nabuhay. And all signs point to, kung meron ng Agapito Flores, definitely the timeline does not add up. Hindi siya nag-invento ng fluorescent lamp. At kung na-invento man niya ang fluorescent lamp, kailangan ma-invento rin niya ang time travel. Because he would have had to go back like a century or half a century to have invented the fluorescent lamp. Ang so I nung, think, sorry, can I just say, yeah. ang ganit lang nung talon niya. Kasi from light bulb naging time machine, ang ganit nun. Ako kasi pag nunat mo yung patent, yung, yung the time that, kasi yung, yung come, uh, getting to the, sorry, I don't want to make this super long, pero getting hola, to the fluorescent hola. lamp, to, to how we understand the fluorescent bulb now. Hindi lang naman yan, like, Yurika, na-invento ko na ang fluorescent lamp. May proseso yan. May mga taong nakadiskubre ng mga bagay at some point in history that eventually contributed to what it is now. So that entire process, hindi lang naman yung isang tao. May isang nakapag-patent, pero hindi lang siya ang nagbuo ng lahat ng idea. So for Agatito Flores, if he really did exist, which some records say he did, uh, for him to have invented that, he would have had to have invented that at least 50 years before he was uh, officially born, according to my research. So, nung pinublish ko yung article na yun, meron agad nag-comment na parang, actually, dalawa sila eh. Yung isa sabi, nakaka-bad trip daw yung website ko. Dahil daw, sa dami-dami daw ng negative news na yun, dumadagdag pa daw ako. Ayaw na daw niya magbasa dahil daw, naninira lang daw ako. Tapos yung isa, sabi niya, mag-research daw ako dahil biktima daw ako ng American propaganda. So, parang, <laughs> wow. So, and, and if you, if, you know, so parang yun, yun dalawang, those are misconceptions na you have to be an expert at science and that you're, you're protecting an agenda when in fact you're really just biased. Oh, you're biased, but you're biased towards the truth. Hmm. Mikael, have you written about the moon landings? Kasi definitely mas marami kang polarized reactions from that. Yes, I have actually. Uh, about the moon landings, about yung fun facts about... Yeah, sorry, i-share ko lang. We, we actually have daily trivia <laughs> sa, sa Facebook page namin. It's called Flip Facts. So, sometimes matatama namin sa, like for example, yung moon landing, may trivia about the moon landing. So, tama, naglalabasan yung mga, ah, oh, pinike naman yung moon landing na yan. Eh. Oh, <laughs> right, right. Parang, ako, oh, hi, hinga, buntong hinga. <sighs> Right. Well, guys, this has been a very insightful and enlightening conversation. Thank you so much for doing this with me. You're welcome. Thank you, Thank yeah. you so much. It was fun. It was fun. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed. Sana si Doc nag-enjoy din. Doc nag-enjoy ka ba, Doc? Yeah, nag-enjoy ako. May question nga ako. Kaya lang, baka mo Wala, Doc. Ngayon ka pa nagtanong. Matatapos na yung episode. Pero, wala. Hey, wala, Doc. 
Baka sabihin ng mga tao, nilalait lang kita dito eh. Dok, magtanong ka. Hindi, sabihin ko lang muna, thank God for scientists. Kasi with science kasi, natututo ka rin maging objective sa buhay eh. Diba? Natatrain ka maging objective. Tapos, yung question ko naman, in your personal life, what do you believe in more? Being an empiricist or a rationalist? Yeah, that's the end. Wow. 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 I mean, I have my own concepts, I have my own ideas, but I always, always, always rely on evidence. Hindi ako sarado sa, hindi ako sarado sa, you know, sa bagong ideas because that's part of, ano eh, that's, a, that's part of learning eh. Even science itself is not, it's absolute truth. Like science is evidence-based. Uh, if, 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 if science uh, says that something works this way, and then new research comes along and proves that no, this is not the way it works. This is actually, it's, it doesn't actually work in method A. Actually, method B works. You should be willing to, to uh, investigate that, look into whether uh, method B actually works. And then if it does work, adjust your belief uh, directly. So I would say na, ano, na mas mas naglilin ako towards uh, empirical evidence, you know, things that are measurable, but I don't necessarily discount uh, yung other ways of learning. Basta ako, keep an open mind and stick to evidence. Yes. Thank you, Mikael. Now, Dalton? Yeah, um, at similar kami kasi um, especially doon sa, nung nag-start ako mag-study and further ng study, so um, lacking um, dapat may empirical evidence dun sa mga um, pinaniwalaan. Pero, of course, um, since um, um, meron din tayo, I, I believe din na meron tayong mga um, things na hindi kayang explain and beyond our, um, you know, um, capabilities ng brain natin. So, yan. Um, I think naglilin din ako dun sa pagiging, uh, paghahanap ng empirical evidence. Pero, um, open din ako dun sa other um, possible things na hindi ko kayang explain because hanggang dito lang ang knowledge ng pagiging human. Right. Thank you. And Raj. Okay. Um, so definitely science has its foundations in uh, um, uh, in, uh, in being empirical and being rational, super established yan. But I think uh, what uh, Dr. Ramon would want to ask is about uh, me as a person and in my life. And uh, for that, outside of doing science, doing all this work that I've been doing, uh, personally, mas gusto ko yung mas holistic na approach. So if I'm going to learn or gain something from from this kind of belief and i will be open to it not necessarily i will embrace it but i will be open to it i will listen to it and try to see if it will help uh, 
uh, build in, in in the things that I've been building. Kaya ako naman super excited ako to learn more, to experience more. That's why uh, if you noticed, um, I did astronomy, I did uh, business in planetarium, stargazing. I'm also exploring data science right now. I'm also uh, uh, building a startup right now. I'm into these little things in my life because I want to experience them all. I want the holistic approach in my life. Right. Oh, di ba natin na cover yung data science mo? Uh, but I, but we'll get still to that. Time. We'll get to that in another episode. But for this time, sure. I'd like to thank you guys. Thank you for the final time. And I mean, thank you for <laughs> guesting on Class Clown. Let's thank Dalton Baltazar, Miguel, Francisco, and Roch Derilio. Thanks, guys. Now, if you guys have anything to promote, also, kay Dr. Ponadel, of course. Thank you, Doc, for that wonderful question. Thank you. Um, <laughs> anytime. Anytime. Uh, if you guys have anything to promote, you can do so right now. Let us start with Roch. All right. So, first of all, Thanks, Chino. Thanks, Dr. Ramon, for having us here. And I'm so happy to get to know Dalton and Mikael. So uh, just to plug a little bit, um, you know, that I'm exploring opportunities in different things. But right now, I'd like to promote about this startup that I'm currently working on. It is uh, focused in helping schools trans and teachers transition from the old to the new normal and adjusting to doing online education. Um, uh, to know more about this, uh, please visit our website, coralclassrooms.com. So that's the name of the product, Coral Classrooms. And uh, we are here to help teachers and schools transition from the old to the new norm way of teaching and learning. Thank you. And that does it for this week's episode of Class Clown. Guys, if there was an episode you could walk away from with some sort of learning, this is it, guys. This is that episode. I know every week I tell you, you might learn something. But if you didn't learn anything on this episode, you weren't listening. Even Dr. Mon had to pull something out of his bag of doctor tricks. Man, this was such a knowledge-packed episode that is good for your brain and probably bad for your ears because I am very, very overweight. It's a problem. I know. But again, I'd like to thank my guests for this episode, Mr. Mikael Francisco, who you can check out at flipscience.ph. That is flipscience, one word, dot PH. Siyempre, kasi wala namang two words na website eh. No ba, Chino? Parang hindi ka, nag, ka nag-science eh. <laughs> also, oh, please check out Dalton Baltazar and Company's non-profit organization called Sustainable Earth Scientists Inc. You can find them on Facebook at Sustainable Earth Inc. They do all sorts of work and research in the environmental sciences. So kung gusto nyo pa-calculate kung flat talaga yung Earth, that's where you go, right? They might charge you because that's a stupid question, but that's where you go if you want to get that done. I'd also like to thank Raj Derilo for joining us on this episode and answering all those astronomy questions from a 10-year-old boy that knows what a UI Scooty is. I I don't even know if I ask that question. 
Ang dami niyang tanong. Hopefully, I was able to answer most of it. I'd like to thank everybody who brought stuff on Lazada using my code. If you are not one of those people, but you bought from Lazada, then why are we friends, guys? Only You don't do that to your friend. And why, why, why are we even... Why am I even talking to you, right? Don't listen. I prohibit you from listening until you use my Lazada code, tinyurl.com slash classclownxlazada. That's all one bit. tinyurl.com slash classclownxlazada. It's also in the description of this podcast. And if you don't use it and you're continuing to listen, I will charge you. I will find out who you are, and I will charge you. I can do that thanks to Podmetrics. Podmetrics is the super high-tech way to track your podcast's growth, to chart its progress, and to find out where your listenership is actually coming from. To sign up, it's super easy. Just log on to podmetrics.co and use the referral code CLASS. Cloud. That's one word. Class Cloud. Until the next time where you join me and my guests as I talk to people from more random walks of life only here on Class Cloud. This has been a Podcast Network Asia production powered by Podmetrics. Thank you and goodbye.